If you have your Bibles with you, I would invite you to turn to the book of Joshua, to Joshua chapter 14. We'll be looking this evening at Joshua 14, verses 6 through 15, of an account of Caleb, a man of faith. If you would please give attention to the reading of God's holy word. For the word of the Lord is completely without error. The word of the Lord is completely sufficient. And the word of the Lord is completely authoritative. Joshua chapter 14, beginning at verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenzanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me? I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But the brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these forty-five years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness." And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as as my strength was then, for war and for going and for coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. For Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenzanite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the land had rest from war. Let's ask for the Lord's blessing upon his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we we ask this evening that you would strengthen us by your word. That even as we hear of this account of Caleb that our own faith might be strengthened, that we might trust you more, that we would be with you, that we would honor you and adore you. This we ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. We have here a story of Caleb. Caleb is one of the twelve spies who went out into the promised land that Moses sent to spy out the land before Israel went in. This story is recounted in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. 
And the twelve spies, including Caleb and Joshua, went into the land and they found out that the land was wonderful. It was everything that they were expecting. You remember the story is that they took one cluster of grapes and it had to be carried by two men. And they reported back that it was indeed a land flowing with milk and honey. But there was a problem. Ten of the twelve spies said, it is a wonderful land, but there's no way we should go in there. There are fearful people there. There are giants. There are fortified cities. We are no match for them. I don't know what we would possibly do. They brought a bad report. And the people's heart melted, even as Caleb described in Joshua 14. But Caleb and Joshua were encouraged. They trusted the Lord their God and they said, No, let us go into the land. The Lord is with us. Our enemy's strength has been stripped away by the Lord. We will take the land and possess it. And it's interesting the way that the people of God responded to this. They turned to Caleb and Joshua, and the text tells us in Numbers 14 that they would have stoned them, if not for the intervention of the Lord. You see, the people had been made so afraid that they did not even want to hear from two men that they could trust the Lord and go into the land. This is the kind of man that that Caleb is. He stands with the Lord. And so this evening as we look briefly at chapter 14, I'd like us to see what it means to be a man of faith in the actions and character of Caleb. What does it mean to have faith? First and foremost, it means that faith stands by the Lord. Faith stands by the Lord. But then secondly, faith leans upon the Lord. And then finally, faith acts for the Lord. Faith stands by the Lord, it leans on the Lord, and it acts for the Lord. Faith stands by the Lord, and this is what Caleb is doing here in our text, and what he has done for decades He has stood by the Lord and His promises. From the very day that He went in with the other 11 men, He has trusted God and He has stood by what the Lord says is true. To have true faith is to be a a person of faith who is undivided. Now Caleb remembers this incident well that we recounted in Numbers 13 and 14. He knows that the spies had a duty beyond themselves. They were to try to determine the best way to gain the land that God had promised. But in reality, what the spies did was the exact opposite. They made the people fearful. Caleb says that the people's hearts melted in verse 8. But not Caleb. He was devoted to the Lord. He was devoted to the Lord's will. And over and over again we are reminded that Caleb would not abandon God's path. We see it in verse 8. He says, My brothers went up with me and made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord. And again, in verse 9, 
he is described as one who has wholly followed the Lord. And again in verse 14, he is described as a man who wholly followed the Lord. Now what does this mean? It means that Caleb's faith was of such of a sort that he was undivided in his attention. He was not looking to God and casting glances over his shoulder. He was not looking around to see what people around him were saying or doing. His eyes were fixed on the Lord. And he followed him. And this is what true biblical faith is. Faith doesn't concern itself with anything other than God. This kind of faith brings focus to us. Caleb would not give in to any doubt. Caleb would not be swayed by the crowd. Could you imagine standing after ten of your number had given a bad report and all of the people, number says, they began to groan and grumble. They did the typical thing of the Israelites. They said, oh, why couldn't we have died in Egypt instead of being here? Oh, why couldn't we die in the wilderness instead of enter the land and be killed? And yet Caleb wasn't swayed. He didn't give in to popular opinion. He didn't say, you know, y'all have a good point there. Maybe we should rethink this. No, Caleb was firm and unswerving. He was focused upon the Lord. He was undivided in his attention. And he said, we only need to trust God. We can possess the land. All we have to do is trust God. Now, this kind of faith can separate us from others. You can imagine the other spies would not have been very pleased with Caleb. He was contradicting their report. You can imagine that as they were returning back to the camp, they probably had worked out their story, what they would say. Now, now you, you talk about the fortified cities, and then you remind them about the size of those warriors, and then you tell them about all the difficulties and the challenges. And yet here Caleb stands against them and for the Lord. The people didn't want anything to do with Caleb. They threatened to stone him. And this is a lesson for you and for me. Sometimes faith means we need to stand alone. To stand by God may mean having others stand against us. And that's why true faith is also courageous. Faith in God alone often means a willingness to stand alone because the world is opposed to God. And we will not earn its favor by standing by God. Now, it's hard to go against the grain, isn't it? I don't know exactly what it's like to be a teenager today, but I remember back sometime before the invention of fire when when I was a teen. And it was difficult to do anything to stand out against the crowd, right? It's interesting how teens want to be so completely unique as to look like every other teen. You had to make sure you had the right kind of shoes and the right kind of pants, the right kinds of shirts. You did the right kinds of things. And inevitably, you would go shopping for school clothes with your parents especially with your mother, and she would say, well, this looks like some good clothes, and you'd say, no, there's no way I can wear that. Why? It's perfectly fine. Nobody wears that, Mom. 
No, no. Do you want me to stand out in front of everyone? Do you want everyone to make fun of me? No, we can't ever do that. No. And that's when my mother would say something like, well, okay, let's walk over to the next rack. But you see, it's hard to be out by yourself. It's hard when even irrationally the crowd will poke at you, will make fun of you, will tease you. How much more difficult is that in matters of faith? When we want to stand for the Lord and His Word. When we can't give in as we could with a pair of sneakers. It's hard to go against the grain. Because we don't want to be the ones causing the problem. We want to just fade back into the scenery. We don't want to cause the difficulties. We don't want to make trouble, do we? And so often... To stand by the Lord means to be seen by others as causing trouble. As standing against the world. And for this reason, faith can also be lonely. We can be isolated when others do not share our faith. And we can be abandoned by those that we thought did share our faith. Could you imagine how Caleb felt when he came back And told the people exactly what they needed to hear. And tried to rouse them to go into the land. And instead, they abandoned him. They said, let's stone him. Shut him up. We don't want to hear this anymore. But the reason that we can be courageous in our faith. Is the same reason that Caleb could. Because God is with us. Even if others abandon us, the Lord will not. Paul puts it this way at the end of 2 Timothy. You may remember that Paul is in prison. He's had scores of people abandon him. There is a sadness to this letter in which Paul writes in chapter 4, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Could you imagine how Paul felt? He was there trying to encourage the church. He was suffering for the gospel. And at his first defense, there was not a single person that would stand with him. How did Paul go on? We find out in the next verse. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. You see, when others abandon us, the Lord does not. This is a timely word for you and for me today because I fear, brothers and sisters, that more and more we are entering into a day in which the world will stand against us. In which it is very unpopular to stand for the truth of God's word. To stand for basic principles that have stood for thousands of years for the entirety of our nation. But we can stand firmly on the word of God because God is with us. Well, how can we stand alone for God? How can we be undivided in our faith? The way in which we do this is our faith leans upon the Lord. Our faith leans on God first by trusting in his promises. Do we stand alone for the Lord just because we're told to do that? Is it enough just to know that it's the right thing to do? 
No. The answer is to look to the promises of God. And you can hear this theme running through Caleb's speech. His request to Joshua is nothing more than what God has promised him. It is the word that God spoke to Moses in verse 6. In verse 9, we see Moses swore on this day that surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you. Moses swore it to him, and God had promised to keep him alive for this very day. In verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. And the hill country that Caleb claims is exactly what God has promised to him, we see in verse 12. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke. See, this is what biblical faith is. Hearing the word of God and then acting on it. Now it is crucial to keep the promises of God central in our thinking. Because often we are concerned about the size of our faith. Aren't we? We think we need to have big faith. We think we can make it through whatever will happen, whatever the circumstances, as long as we have enough faith. But this is, if you'll forgive the term, baptized magic. This is a sense in which we are in control and we need to work up something. We call it faith, but it depends on us. This is the way of name it and claim it, making God our servant. But this is not what true faith does. True faith looks to the Lord, not to itself. Leon Morris has a wonderful quote in this regard. He says, It is not so much great faith in God that is required as faith in a great God. Do you see where the focus and emphasis of faith is? It's on the object, God himself. And the best way to strengthen our faith is to remember who God is. It is to recount his faithfulness. If faith trusts a great God, then we must recount his greatness for ourselves. We need to rehearse for ourselves what he has done already. And Caleb does this. Do you see it? In verses 10 and 11. He says, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said. And in verse 11, I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is just as my strength was then. You see, what he's saying is God has kept his promise. I have 45 years of testimony, Caleb says, to the goodness of God. You see, Caleb remembers that God said he would persevere and preserve him and that he would keep his promise. And so right now in this moment... Caleb can draw on 45 years of the faithfulness of God. If we are to have faith, it must not just be forward-looking. It must also look back in gratitude. Faith remembers what God has done and His goodness to us. 
So let me ask you a question about your idea of faith. Is your faith past, present, and future? Does your faith look to the past to see God's goodness? Does your faith ponder in the present God's goodness today and praise Him for it? Does your faith look to the future, moving on in the strength of God for His anticipated goodness that He will show to you? This is what it means to lean upon the Lord. Finally, thirdly, faith acts for the Lord. Now, faith is not a passive thing. Now, in in one sense it is, because it starts with God's promise. We receive. But faith, you understand the Bible says, is never alone. True faith is never alone. Now, what does the Bible mean by that? It means that when we trust God, we are not afraid to act upon what He has said. And so... What we do is, by faith, we act even in spite of the difficulties before us. And Caleb gives us an illustration of this. Now, Caleb had gone into the land, and he had seen Hebron and the giants. He had wanted to trust God and go forward. And now 45 years have passed, and he is just as committed today as he was then. Now, what makes him so bold? I actually think it's the difficulty of the task before him. He knows that the only way that it could be accomplished is by God's hand. You see, others were looking at the task to be done. Caleb was looking at God. Now, this does not mean that we can do anything we want... Because God. No, it means that when God calls us to trust Him, it does not matter what stands in the way. Because God is powerful and faithful. This action is also something that occurs when circumstances are not certain. Now, some people go beyond the view of faith that we see here with Caleb, and they make God... An instrument. Caleb says something very interesting that at first glance may trouble you. He says it in verse 12. He says, It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Now we say to ourselves, But Caleb, God's promised this. He has to do it. You should seize his promise and make God do it. But you see, what Caleb says is, God is free. He is the free actor and the free agent. He's not at our beck and call. He's not like our butler. He's not our servant. And so there must be a balance between confidence and cockiness. And that balance is found in acting in faith and in trusting that God will do What is right? Caleb gets at this principle. We see another example of this in the book of Daniel, don't we? Before Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace. Do you remember what they said? 
Our God can deliver us. But if he doesn't, he's still God. Would that we had that kind of view. God can deliver me from this cancer, but if he doesn't, he's still God. I don't know why he won't, but I trust him that he's good. You see, that kind of faith is faith in the person of God, not in what we can get from God. And that's why Caleb honors this. There is much that is uncertain in life. And we are not called to say that everything will work out just how we want it to. But we are called to stand by the Lord. We are called to lean on His promises. And we are called to act on what He has said. Caleb was a man of faith. May we follow his example, even as he follows the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this account of our forefather in the faith, Caleb. We thank you, Lord, that he points us to you, to your promises, to the sureness of your faithfulness. And so we ask this evening, Lord, that you would bless us, that you would be with us as we go throughout the week, that even as we conduct our lives, that you alone would be our guide and our stay. This we ask in Christ's precious name. Amen.